one year in this facility to the glory of God. That is awesome. That is awesome. I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. And it almost seems odd to be celebrating anything nowadays because of how crazy the world is right now. We thought maybe COVID-19 was going to hit a little plane and drop down a little bit, and now it seems like the cases are starting to go back up a little bit and fluctuate some, you know, and it, it seems odd to be celebrating in the middle of all the craziness, but I'm telling you what, I want to celebrate the goodness of God and what he has done because, listen, it doesn't matter what's happening in the world out there. It doesn't matter what kind of storms rise up against us. The last time I checked, our God is able to knock down every wall, to move every mountain, to slay every giant, to to part the sea so we can go across. Our God is able to do what needs to be done so that we can move forward in the calling that God's put on our life and so the church of God can move forward and accomplish his work in this world. Y'all aren't woke up yet this morning. Somebody ought to be shouting because we serve a God that is able to do the impossible. That's one of my favorite lines in that song that we sang to start the service today. Since when has impossible ever stopped God? Never, 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 never. So we got a lot to celebrate today, a whole lot to celebrate. This happened over the last year, and I'm going to tell you some stories. I'm going to tell you some testimonies. I'm going to show you a lot of numbers, and you're going to see a lot of stuff pop up on the screen. So you guys online, get ready. Be ready to watch the screens in the house today. we got a lot to cover, but in the middle of all of that, we're going to weave some biblical principles and some truth and some scripture. Listen, to not just tell the story of what's happened, but to show how when you apply the word of God to your life and you step out in obedience to what God is calling you to do, great and powerful things can happen every time. Amen? So, the first thing I want to talk about today is this. You ready? First principle, first principle is listen to God and do what he says. Listen to God and do what he says. He made it very simple for us. All we have to do is trust him and step out into what he's calling us to do. Now, sometimes that's easier said than done, but I'm telling you, we're in a facility right now that we're in because we listened to God and we did what he said. A lot of you guys are here right now because you've listened to God and you've done what he said. You guys watching online, you probably got testimony after testimony of mountains moved in your life because you listened to God and you did what he said. Listening to God and doing what he says. That is a powerful principle. If you can just get it, it'll change everything. Look, Proverbs 3 breaks it down and kind of follows that vein of this principle. Proverbs 3 Verse 5 starts and it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. You know, I think a lot of times we get things backwards and we like to trust in our own understandings with all of our heart and maybe we, we trust in God with just a little bit of our heart. Because naturally, I don't know how it works for you guys. I like to rationalize through things, and I like to see A be connected to B, to be connected to C and D and all of that. And I've learned that as I get closer to God and I step out and trust him, he doesn't always work that way. And my understanding doesn't always line up with God's plan. 
So I've got to divorce myself from the way that I think things should happen and step out and trust God with everything because that's where you land on solid ground. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. As long as you're walking in step with God's will for your life, you can walk in peace regardless of what you see happening around you because you know you're walking in God's will, God's plan, and God's timing. If you listen to God and do what he says, he will move mountains in your life. James 1.22 reads like this. It says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. You know, I think a lot of Christians in a lot of churches around America are self-deceived because they read the word of God and they've adopted it as a philosophy, but they have not stepped out into the power of practical application of the word of God in their lives. It's not enough just to say, I agree with the word of God. You've got to step out in faith and let the rubber hit the road and do what the word of God says. Listen to God and do what he says. And that's what we did here with this church. Um, a lot of you have heard the stories, but just in case you hadn't, I want to walk you through some highlights of how we got to this facility. How many of you were with us when we were at our facility that we used to have over on Fairburn Road? You guys watching online, see a lot of hands are going up, but I see some hands not going up. And probably some of you watching online, same thing, because you've just recently hooked up with the church in the last year and got on board with what God's calling us to do. Um, when we were over there, it's a great facility, and a lot of people did a lot of amazing things to get us into that facility because before we had that facility, we were homeless as a church. We were sharing a facility with another church that was incredibly gracious to let us stay there, but having our own place was awesome. I want to pause just a second before I go any further, okay? Because you cannot appreciate the moments that you're in right now if you don't take time to honor the commitment and the price that was paid to get to that place. Amen? Amen. Okay. The only reason that why we were able to move from sharing a church to having a facility on Fairburn Road and having a, a church that was not just there but living inactive and doing what God has called it to do because, is because of the leadership of our former pastors. Amen. Pastors Roland and Donna Yarbrough. Yes. Pastor Donna, I know you're watching online right now. We've got Pastor Roland in the house with us this morning. You guys are already doing what I was fixing to ask you to do, but can we take it up one more level and give God praise for the service and sacrifice and the leadership of those awesome people of God? We would not be here today if it wasn't for the sleepless nights, the days of prayer, the deans and the armor, the dull swords that had to be sharpened because they were fighting the devil all the time. And I appreciate that on a whole new level now, man. I'm telling you, <laughs> they're fighting a whole lot of devils here lately. So I know, listen, thank you. Thank you for everything that you've done. Thank you, Pastor Donna, for everything that you've done for the glory of God. We would not be here if it wasn't for them, okay? Um, but we were there at this facility and we began to see a shift in what we felt like God was calling us to do as a church. And we wanted to put a huge focus on children's ministry and student ministry like never before and invest in the next generation because we kept seeing the next generation slip further and further away from the things of God. And we thought as a church, it's not just our, our um, 
responsibility to point out the problem. It's our responsibility to step into and be part of the solution to the problem. And so we began praying and, and looking at um, different options for buildings that might give us more space and more room to better facilitate our children and our student ministries. Okay, And that was a major consideration in getting here. And as we were praying and seeking, people kept coming to me and saying, hey, um, there's this building over on Highway 5 that's for sale. You might want to check into it. And I drove by and I looked at the place. I don't know if y'all remember how ugly and yellow this place used to be. Ugly, yellow, big bird house. On, you know, it looks like, I was like, oh my gosh, no. That is not the place right there. It looks run down and ghetto. Man, I, I do not want that place. I got, so, but I pulled into the parking lot and I prayed and I felt the prompting of the Spirit of God. And he said, go after it. And I looked over on the sign that, that used to be in the front. And I called the number. The realtor answered the phone. He said, yeah, it's under contract, so you're going to have to wait in line. There's a few people ahead of you. Um, so we'll see. You know, and We'll just wait. Well, we waited. We waited. And finally, we got the call. And they said, hey, uh, everybody's falling through, so you're the next ones up if you guys are still interested in the place. And I was like, yeah, we'll check it out. You know, um, And we came in and toured the place and looked at it, and it was ghetto and interesting on the inside. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it does not look like it looks like today, you know, even though we could improve how it looks today. We began to pray, and I felt peace in my spirit about this place, and I went back and I talked to the board, and I said, hey, guys, I think this might be it. Pray with me, and let's see. And we began to pray, and the board at that time was unanimous in their support and feeling like God had opened up the door for us to walk into this facility. The problem was... We didn't have any money. Like, y'all know what it's like to be broke, right? Like rolling quarters for gas broke. Like happy because you got mac and cheese in the, in the cabinet broke. You know, looking at ramen noodles, trying to figure out how you can stretch it a couple of days kind of broke. All right. That was us at a ch as a church. We were broke. We didn't have any money to put towards a building. And when we started doing the, the calculations of the down payment for this place, it came out to uh, $86,000 that we were going to need to get into this building. And I said, well, we don't have that at all. And the board was like, nope, <laughs> no, we don't. And I said, okay, are we really going to move forward with this knowing that we don't have the money um, that, that we would need? And they're like, let's go see. So I went to the bank and felt prompted to go talk to uh, the, the guy that handles all the commercial lending there. Went in, met with him for an hour, shared my heart, shared the vision, gave him the numbers for the church, and they pre-approved us for the loan. But we still needed 86 grand to make it happen. And so went back and talked to the board and was like, yeah, we still, we still feel like it. And I'm like, I'm about to go to the church and say, hey, we really feel like God's opened up the doors for us to step into this facility. We don't have the money for it. We don't know how we're going to pay for it. We don't know how we're going to do the renovations. All we've got is God said to do it, and we need to listen to God and do what he says. So we pitched it to the church, and 
Y'all remember us all getting excited because this place had more than one bathroom, <laughs> which was really nice. Uh, man, uh, for some of you guys, I think we need to put an outhouse in the back. God have mercy. But we've got, uh, we, we, we've got more than one bathroom here now, so that was great. So we, we began to pray and walk through the process of getting the contract. Still didn't have any money, which you don't do. You know, so we had we had stipulations like a mile long on the contract to get this place. Well, we got to raise the money. We got to do this. It's got to be you know, uh, get the vote and all this stuff. And we started knocking out the requirements one at a time. And I remember one night where I was just kind of wrestling with this whole thing, and I was like, God, I really sincerely feel like you're calling us to do this. I don't see any way that it's going to happen. I'm asking this church to follow me into this deal with no resources on blind trust and faith in you. I'm putting our church at risk. I'm putting my credibility at risk. I'm putting people's spiritual futures at risk at doing this. I just, don't get mad at me. It's kind of what I said, but I just... Give me one last final sign. Let me know that I know that I know that I know. And I got one of the harshest rebukes in my spirit that I've ever received in my life from God. It was almost like he just went, pow, just slapped me in the face. And he said, what I have spoken, I have spoken. Do what I said. Yes, sir. You know, so we began to move forward with it. We had the down payment. And then uh, the Vineyard Church called up, the ones that we were purchasing this building from. And they said, hey, you know what? We were talking. And uh, the board was just throwing around ideas over here. And we really want you guys to have this facility. And we know that you're in the middle of trying to, to raise money to uh, cover the down payment. So what we want to do is this is take some pressure off of you and come in and step in in, in, in the gap area and just say that we'll cover secondary financing for you guys for the down payment. Okay. Said, what kind of money are we talking about here? And they said, well, um, it'd be nice if you could come up with a little bit, but we'll just right now, let's just say we'll cover the whole thing. So I want to make sure I heard you right. They said, yeah. I said, okay. So you're telling me that we can walk into this building, sign the papers, and get it for no money down. Yeah, if, if that's what it takes to get you guys in, we really want to not be in that building anymore, and we really want you guys to have it. And so I said, okay. So I came back to the board, and I was like, listen to what God's doing. And then a couple of days after that, Vineyard Church called me back, and they said, uh, well, the board's talked about it, and we don't feel comfortable doing that. Um, we need you guys to get some skin in the game. Okay, so how much are we talking about here? So we talked back and forth, and we finally landed on $30,000. was going to be our church's part to the down payment. They were going to step in as a secondary um, financing option and cover the rest of it for us, which is awesome. We went from $86,000 to $30,000 to get into this building, you know. And uh, it was great. But we didn't have thirty thousand dollars. Look, we we didn't even. We were like, okay, how are we going to cover rent in this place for another couple of months? Because the rent where we were was just getting um, astronomical, and a big appeal of this place was that it was going to cut our overhead down by like forty percent um, on our monthly bills and and all of that, and give us more space. So we began to pray, 
And I was like, God, this is yours. We put it in your hands. And it wasn't even 12 hours later, I got a phone call. And this person called me and said, look, Pastor Josh, I know God wants us to have this building. I don't want you to, to stress or worry about anything, so I'm just going to call you right now. God's told me to do this. We're going to cover the money that the church needs to get into the building. So they stroke a $30,000 check for us to cover the down payment to get into this facility. That happened, and then a snowball started to happen, okay? Um, somebody stepped up and said, we'll cover the closing costs for the building. Okay, there's the money going back up again. Money's coming in. Um, and, and then we had the money for the down payment, went in, signed the papers, got the facility. And you guys remember this. I said, okay. We're going to get this building. We're going to have to give like crazy because we don't have money to renovate this thing. And it's going to take about $15,000. Well, over the next couple of months, we were able to raise over $17,000 as a church for renovations for this facility just to get it ready for us to move. $30,000 here, $7,000 there, $17,000 here. Another church heard about what we were doing, and they said, listen, we usually support this missionary this month of the year, but they're coming back into the States for a couple of years, and they don't need the money. So what we want to do is this. We want to sow into a home missions project and give you guys the money that we were going to give to this missionary to help you with your facility. And I said, that's awesome. How much money are we talking? And they said, oh, it's probably going to be a little bit over $10,000. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. When it was all said and done, guys, we saw over three months, $64,000 come in that this church did not have for us to get into this facility, <laughs> renovate it, and get it ready for service. Listen to God and do what he says. Listen to God and do what he says. I brought some photos that I want to show you uh, this morning because to say renovate is one thing. To show you renovate is another. So they're going to start scrolling through these pictures right now. And I'm just going to talk as they scroll. They're going to stay on them a couple of seconds. This is this room right here that we're in right now. Took out the drop ceiling. There were beautiful murals painted on the walls in here. Um... I'm sure somebody thought they were great. The foyer out there. There was a wall there where the coffee area is now. We had to remove that and open it up so that we could have room for our coffee area, which one day we'll have coffee again in this church in Jesus' name. Um, came in to redo the stage. It was amazing to see the people of this church not just step up to give sacrificially to make the renovations happen, but they showed up and didn't just listen to the word. They were doing what the word said and putting their faith to work. And they volunteered hours. We had tons of volunteers come in and hear one of the funniest moments. That jackhammer right there. Tony Hart brought that thing up here and started busting up concrete and got it going. And then I watched him talk other guys in the church into trying to run this thing that weighed like 300 pounds. And these guys were just beating themselves to death while Tony Hart stood back and laughed at them the whole time. He thought it was the best thing ever, putting in the, the vinyl plank flooring. We had a company come in and donate the labor to do that. Over $7,000 of labor donated. We had companies say, we'll donate the paint to make it happen. Thousands of dollars of paint and material and labor donated. And then we had this core group of people 
in the church. They had a lot of flexibility in their schedule that showed up day in and day out with me and the staff to make the renovations of this church possible. There's a lot of blood behind the paint on these walls. We sanded a lot of, con- uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of drywall mud in, in this place. There was a lot of overbuilding that we had to tear down and build right. There's a media booth going up. That used to be a wall that was right there, so we cut it in half and then just used the front wall as the front wall of the, the media booth and built in around it. It's amazing to see so many people come together Get ready for the opening service here. Beginning of June last year, that's the first service here. Celebrating and worshiping God. When you're looking at those photos, if you don't know the whole story, you say, wow, that's great. But it is nothing short of a miracle of God that we are in this place. Because we listened to God and we did what he said. Well, we've had some crazy services in here, haven't we? They snuck that one in. (laughs) Man, I'm rocking that float, though. Look at that thing. It looks good. It looks good. So many amazing things have happened. Listen, in the past year, after that miracle, we moved here, started ministering. Over this past year, guys, we have given over $32,000 from this church to support missions, efforts of other ministries across the world, including Renew America, Invading the Darkness, and other ministries. Guys, we have taken the gospel across the world and across the U.S. We have seen over 100 people make decisions for Jesus in this building over the last year, and we baptized some people too. And it's been awesome. One of my favorite ones, one of the fa- my favorite baptisms from, from this past year is this one that I'm fixing to show you. It's Russell. Yes. Russell, we love you, man. Check this out. Oh, I love it. I love it. So many lives impacted and changed, you know. But if you get busy with life, sometimes you forget these things. We didn't want to just be satisfied with what God had done with us getting in this building. You guys still with me so far? Isn't this awesome stuff? Hey, we're, we're just kind of just cracking the shell of the egg. We hadn't even got into the good stuff yet. So um, we didn't want to just get here and then say, yeah, we're here. You know, when you look at the Bible, God brought the children of Israel into the promised land, but they didn't just cross the river and sit there. They had some work to do. Amen? So we didn't want to just sit here. We wanted to get to work. So we started praying in the beginning of this year about what the next step for our church was going to be. And a lot of you guys remember this. So we set aside 21 days at the beginning of this, the, of this year to seek the face of God and to ask him what that next step was. Now, we could have put some cool stuff on a piece of paper, but I'm not that kind of pastor. You do not have that kind of staff. When we move forward, we want to make sure that we're hearing the voice of God, okay? We don't want to waste time. 
Time's too precious. So we want to make sure that we're doing what God's called us to do. So twice a day, once in the morning, once in the evening, we opened up the church and we prayed and we sought the face of God and God spoke. And he gave us a powerful vision for our church. And he told us that over the next five years, the next five years that we were going to see 2,000 salvations from the ministries of this church and that we were going to see 1,000 baptisms. I'm going to say it one more time. Over the next five years, 2,000 salvations and 1,000 baptisms. And we stepped out because we figured if we listen to God and do what he says, this stuff right here is already a done deal. We just got to move forward in the commands that God has given us. Amen? So we began to pray and, and, and put together a strategy and, and think, okay, over the next five years, okay, well, we don't want to speculate how much work we're going to have to do to do that. Let's just start with what we can do right now and trust God to open the doors in the future as he sees fit. So we began to look at things that we could do. And you guys remember us talking about this. We began to talk about, um, they're, they're about to put it up on the screen for you, um, community outreaches that we could do. Um, we figured that this year we wanted to start social media outreach from this church in the form of a prayer ministry to try to connect with the community. Um, we figured target services would be huge, that bridge events would be big. So we were going to build them into the calendar and the schedule. And we were going to put a renewed emphasis on our Sunday service experiences here at the church. We wanted to launch an online campus um, like uh, Lance was talking about earlier, and we're thinking, okay, fall is going to be great. We'll be able to set aside money and get equipment and get the level of excellence up where it needs to be and then launch it at the right time. And then we said, none of this matters, though, if we don't own this ourselves and each one begin to reach one. Programs are great, but at the end of the day, it's going to be you and me reaching the people that we know and leading them to Jesus is going to make the difference. So we started strategizing and praying about this stuff. And we started getting all excited about all the awesome stuff that we were going to see God do. And then we figured, you know what? If we're going to see this happen, we need to begin to think long term with this too. Because we don't want to be in a position as a church to two years down the road have God prompt us to step into an area of ministry. But us not do our part and preparation to make sure that we had the resources ready to launch those ministries when the time came. And so we said, we need to start a vision fund here at the church that, that happens above and beyond normal tithes and offerings here at the church so that people can give to, so that we can immediately begin to fund these new areas of ministry that we're going to start this year, but also be able to lay the groundwork for what we want to do in years to come. And so we started the 12 Stone Vision Fund here at the church. And people began to give sacrificially. And we were like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. God is speaking to us. He's given us a plan. Money's coming in to fund the vision. Money's coming in to fund the vision. And money was coming in to fund it. And it was so awesome to see all this happening. And then COVID-19. We watched as news began to break, the finances of this church go and drop by 30% almost overnight because of what was happening. A couple of weeks later, we had to close the doors to this facility because of guidelines and restrictions from local government saying that we couldn't meet here. And I saw that happen, and I was like, oh my gosh. We did hear you right, didn't we? 
2,000, salvations, 1,000, baptisms. We don't have time to lose over the next five years. And now we've seen a huge financial dip in the church, and we've had to shut our doors. God, how in the world are we going to be able to accomplish what you're calling us to do if we can't operate and function as a church to be able to do that? You know, I was like, man, help me understand this. And then I had to land on this principle. Because many times what we see will stand at odds with what God promised. Now, this is deep stuff right here. You need to chew on this for a second. Because many times what we see happen in the world and our situations and circumstances are not going to line up with what we hear God promising us in our spirit. That's why we've got to step out and listen to God and do what he says. Trust in the Lord with all of our heart, and don't lean on our own understanding because what we see out here is seldom going to line up with what God is speaking right here. He'll take Moses out of Egypt and then put him in front of the Red Sea that he can't cross. He'll tell David that he's anointed to be the next king of Israel and then David's going to have to go back out into the field and shepherd while Saul sits on the throne. See what I'm saying? He'll make a promise over Joseph and giving this vision for his life. And then his, Joseph's whole life is going to fall apart. Because what we see sometimes doesn't line up with or make sense with the promise that God's made us. That's why we have got to trust God. Regardless of what we see happening in life. And stand on the promises that he's given us. Amen? Amen. So... The good news is that when this happened, we did see a dip. We had to free spending from the church. We had to, to tighten up the belt and operate with wisdom and wait to see what was going to happen with this whole situation. We kept the doors of the church shut for a long time. But in case you didn't notice, we were still able to have church. It was just online. The reason why we had church online was because we listened to God and we did what he said. And we had money sitting and the 12 stone vision fund when we needed it. Now, I want to give you some updates on this 12 stone vision because we told you in the beginning when we started this that from time to time we were going to come back and give you information and show you how much money's come in, how much money's gone out, and where we're spending the money. Because I don't know about you, but when I give money to something, I want to know where that money's going, right? So, we got some updates that we want to show you. So, 12 stone. Vision fund, total raised to date right now, $4,994.76. Okay, some of it's big gifts, a lot of it's little gifts. People have given to this to make sure the ministries of the church can go forward. Now, we spent all but about 100 bucks of it. So the tank's getting low. It's time to refill that baby. But we spent it so that this stuff right here could happen. We stepped out and paid for the social media prayer outreach because someone gave sacrificially to make that happen. We pay for advertising on Facebook that would lead back to the prayer outreach that we have into the live streams of the church. We were able to purchase a new soundboard to allow us to have an independent mix of the live stream separate from the house here. It's a big purchase. Somebody gave sacrificially to make that happen. We had to purchase cameras for the live, the live stream, camera switchers. So that we do y'all remember the first couple of weeks we did the live stream and it was just one angle? And it was awesome. 
Aren't y'all glad? And you people watching online, aren't you so happy they're able to change the angles? Go ahead and change the, the camera angle real fast just so we can show off a little bit. See, now we hit a switcher that went to another camera. Now you're looking at me different. I think it might be from a side profile, so I'll look all GQ for you. But um, so, so we're able to do all that stuff, get the camera switcher, um, new wireless mics for our e-kids ministry because they were do, they started doing weekly broadcasts. Isn't that been so awesome to see Pastor Kelly and the e-kids teams doing that? Um, we had to buy software in order to have presentation on the live stream so that you guys could see the words for worship while worship was happening, see the sermon points. You're seeing all this stuff right now because we purchased that. Uh, VMix, uh, some broadcasting and video editing software, Final Cut Pro. We needed that to help edit down some videos, so we were able to get all of that stuff. Materials for the camera booth that that camera's sitting on in the back of the room right now. Uh, miscellaneous cameras or cables for the live stream stuff. We got cables run all over this place to hook up these cameras. The media team's like, yep, we ran cables all over this place for you guys. Um, and so when we reopened up to have services here, we thought, well, we're going to have guests coming in. So we need to set up something to be ready for them. So we were able to get the gift bags that you see out there that have got the Eastgate logo on it. We got that. And have y'all seen the little mini notebooks out there with the Eastgate pens on them? Those things are stinking cool. If you haven't seen those, um, we were able to get that and have them available to give as gifts to our guests, all because people gave to the, the 12 Stone Vision Fund. That's the last one we've got on that, isn't it? I want to make sure. We were able to do that because people gave and we were able to buy this stuff. Even with a 30% dip, the money came from this separate fund. Praise God for that. Listen, we were able to launch our prayer outreach in our online campus and God has been doing some powerful stuff with these two ministries over the last couple of months. I want to highlight these for just a little bit, okay? Uh, our prayer outreach. We launched that. The first week that we launched that, we got swamped with prayer requests. Uh, over 200 the first week, praying with people in the community. Listen to this. This ad floats around, and it puts our church in front of the people in the community. So they see us. 20, almost 24,000 people in our community know about our church now because of this prayer outreach. 24,000 people we've been in front of that have seen our church, not just as, as a church that wants them to come hang out with us at church, but their first impression of us as a church was that we're a church that cares about our community and loves our community, and wants to pray for our community. That's important to me. We've been able to pray for literally thousands of people in our community. Let me say that again. We have been able to pray for thousands of people in our community. And I, I'm not exaggerating. I got the red eyes in the morning because I've been up at night praying with people and, and sending them prayer messages and praying with people in the morning while I'm having my coffee. And we've been able to follow up with people that we prayed for, and we have seen God do some powerful stuff through this. I was just walking through a store the other day, and somebody stopped and looked at me and said, can I ask you a question? I was like, yeah. Are you a pastor? I was like, yeah. Are you the pastor of that church that's praying for people around here? I've seen it on Facebook, and I'm like, yeah, that's us. And, then, and they got a little teary, and they said, I just want to thank you. 
because you guys prayed for me, and it meant the world for me, or world to me. And I just wanted to let you know that I think that's amazing. Keep doing what you're doing. I went and got my hair cut, and I sat down. A lady was cutting my hair, and she said, oh, hi, Pastor. How are you doing? Because they know what I do, and they're cutting my hair. And she goes, oh, I saw you on Facebook. I saw you at church. Y'all praying for people. I think that's wonderful. And I was like, that's awesome. And then a lady across the way getting her hair cut said, oh, I've seen that too. That's just great to see a church doing something like that, especially at a time like this. It's amazing to see what God is doing. We Listen to this now. We have seen God do some miraculous stuff. People that had not even set a foot in our church, we have seen God restore marriages. We have seen God heal people. We've seen God heal people of COVID-19 too. At least that's what the testimony was. We don't have like documented medical proof, but they called, they they messaged back and said, hey, we went in and it it, it was just amazing. Um, We have seen God do some powerful stuff financial miracles, people getting jobs that didn't have jobs, housing situations being worked out. We've seen God heal and restore marriages. We get these testimonies back from people after we prayed for them, and they take the time to say, hey, thank you for praying. It worked. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Eastgate Church, we're reaching our community on a whole new level. Listen, because we listened to God, and we did what he said. And it might not look like, circumstantially, that a lot would be getting done, but a lot is being done because God is working in the background. Listen, we have ministered more effectively to our community in the last four months while navigating through this COVID-19 stuff, pre and where we are right now, in the last four months than we have in the last four years. God is doing something powerful with that. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. God is doing something powerful with that. We ought to give God praise for that right now. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And not just with with what's happening with the, the prayer outreach, with the online campus that we have going back there. We had to start that in a hurry. Okay? And y'all remember when we launched the online campus, the quality was not the best. It has come a long way since then. And we're improving each week. We're not where we want to be, but we're getting there a little bit better each week. And we're getting there because there have been men and women that have dropped countless hours of work making sure that we had that available for the people of this church and making sure we have it available to use as an outreach ministry of this church. Media team. Thank you so much for the work that you guys have put in to make that happen. You guys are changing lives with the fruit of your effort. You really are. We launched this thing and immediately started reaching over 700 people a week with our live stream. One week, we almost got to 1,000 viewers on our live stream throughout the week. Okay, We've kind of settled down a little bit since uh, churches have started reopening in the great church hoppers paradise has, has calmed down a little bit, you know? Um, and, and so we've seen it settle down to around between four and 500 viewers a week, solid people that um, can't be here because they're taking precautionary steps to make sure they're protecting themselves that would be here with us, but they're joining us online. And the people that we're reaching in our community that haven't set foot in this church yet. Guys, it's awesome. We have seen people saved. We have seen lives impacted and changed because of the live stream ministry of this church. And we ought to give God praise for that. It's just awesome to see all that happen. I started digging. I started digging a little bit. 
because I wanted to give you, I like, I like to celebrate everything when it's time to celebrate. And I thought, well, if we're reaching people on a new level and, and impacting people in the community and we're ministering to people in the community where they are, I wonder what, like our, how many like states we're reaching right now, how many different countries we're reaching right now, you know? And so I started looking at some analytics and looking at some data that would tell us where our reach is between our live stream on Facebook Live and YouTube, okay? Um, the podcast that goes out on iTunes and over Android platforms and uh, SoundCloud, and all of it's connected to our website, so we've got those different avenues to get the message out here. Used to be that Eastgate Church was reaching people in nine different countries across the world. Do you want to see how many countries we're in consistently right now? Do you want to see how many countries that we are in consistently right now? We're going to put them up on the screen for you. I want you to see this. Japan, Canada, the Netherlands, France, Ireland, Norway, Colombia, Mexico, Russia. Go to the next one. Brazil, United Kingdom, Germany, Turkey, Algeria, um, Puerto Rico, Indonesia, India, Australia. Go to the next one. Spain, Romania, the Ukraine, Peru, the Philippines, Saudi Arabia, Ghana, Korea. Go to the next one. Dominican Republic, Vietnam, Ecuador, Poland, South America, Italy, Lithuania, Guatemala. Keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. Costa Rica, Thailand, Bosnia, Belgium, Lebanon, Bangladesh, Venezuela. Keep it rolling. Honduras, Hungary, New Zealand, Tsunami. Croatia, Nicaragua, and we're in 20 different states in the U.S. right now from Eastgate Church in Douglasville, Georgia. Somebody stand up and shout and give God praise for what he's doing in this church because we should not be reaching the people that we're reaching right now because what we look at around us doesn't line up with the promise that God's given us, but we've reached more people in the last four months than we've reached in the last four years from this church, and we are in 48 different countries and 20 states in the U.S. That's the God that I serve. That is awesome. Here's how this principle works. Today, impossible, and then tomorrow. God will give you a promise today. And you're going to have to step through impossible to see the fulfillment of his promise tomorrow. But I got good news for you. Because when God gives his promise today, listen now, it's fulfilled tomorrow. It's done. The X factor is our ability to listen to God and do what he says and to trust his promise regardless of what we see happening around us and allow him to move the impossible to allow us to move into his promise. And as long as we as a church stick close to those principles, there is nothing that God cannot do in and through us. There is no limit to what he can do. Not just as a church, but us individually. I want to show you something in Scripture. Genesis chapter 22. 
Starting at verse 3. Abraham understood this. Abraham was a guy that God spoke to and said, you, I'm going to start with you, and I'm going to, out of you and your descendants, create a nation unto myself, my people, from your lineage. God answered that with his son, Isaac. And through Isaac was supposed to come the promise that God gave. God told Abraham, I want you to take Isaac and I want you to sacrifice him to me. Now, that doesn't make sense at all. Because without Isaac, there's no fulfillment of the promise. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. And when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, see, he's preparing for the sacrifice and the offering of his son. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. He listened to God, did what he said. And on the third day, there's something about the third day in Scripture. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. God told Abraham to sacrifice his son. Abraham was going to the place of sacrifice, but he told the servants that were with him, he said, listen, I know what I'm going to do, but I know the God that I serve, and I know the promise that he gave me. And I know that that promise doesn't work without my son. So I'm not 100% sure what's going to happen, where we're going. But I do know this, that the promise that God gave me is 100% true. That the promise that God gave me, based on, it's not affected by the circumstances that I'm seeing right now. He said, we, me and my son, we will come back to you. Abraham had it. He understood. Now, he might not have got everything right, but he got that right right there. We will come back to you. Because I know the promise of God is true. Listen to Eastgate Church. 2,000 salvations for the next five years. 1,000 people baptized over the next five years. We were going to baptize somebody today, but they got sick yesterday and weren't well enough to be here today. So I said, all right, it's no problem. We won't do it today. Maybe we'll just, if you're feeling better, we'll baptize you next week. And we'll just take one more off the number total and start moving in that right direction. God has promised it. It will come to pass. It doesn't matter what you see on the news. It doesn't matter what's happening in the world right now. You think the world's crazy right now? Woo, wait until the tribulation breaks loose. All right, this is kindergarten compared to the postgraduate stuff that's going to be happening when the tribulation breaks loose. This is nothing, but it's creating an opportunity for the church to rise up. If we don't get distracted, if we don't get frustrated, if we don't lose sight of the promise that God has given us, it's giving us an opportunity to reach people in new ways and to reach people on a level that we never have before. Now, I got a question. That's us as a church. What is God speaking to you? 
What is God speaking to you personally? What is the promise of God over your life right now? Maybe you're about neck deep in impossible, trying to find tomorrow in the process of what God has spoken over you. I want to encourage you today to not lose hope. To remember that the God that promised you what he promised you is a God that has never failed to keep his word one time in all of history. Our God keeps his word. Our God keeps his promise. When God promises it today, it is set in stone tomorrow. The X factor is us. Are we going to listen to God and do what he says? Are we going to trust him no matter what we see? And know that his promise is true. And I want to encourage you today. Listen, God has not forgotten about you. God has not forgotten about the promises that he gave you. You guys watching online, God has not forgotten about it. Don't you get caught up in what's happening around you or what situations you're in right now or how bad it might look. You're going through impossible today, but the promise of God is there tomorrow. The same God that made you that promise, if you'll lean into him, is the same God that will move those mountains so that you can step past this impossible into the promise of God. Since when has impossible ever stopped him? Not once. Not once. We're here to celebrate the goodness of God. We're here to celebrate the promise of God. Not just to get us in this building. Not just for what he's spoken over us. But for the promises that he's spoken over us individually. We serve an awesome God. Amen? Stand with me, if you will.